Is this mic on? Is it on? Okay. And now, coming to you from the classiest radio station on the air, this is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. that we hired to introduce the show? Dave is nodding his head, yes. So he walks in, right? He steps up to the mic and says a few words, walks out, gets in his car, and goes home. Is that it? No. What do you you mean, no? That's exactly what he did. Oh, we don't know that he went home. Okay. We paid him for that, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, the reality is that uh, on this track, I'm going to grant the request from Mrs. Eileen Dover from uh, Bluffton, South Carolina, who has requested to hear the Australian radio series produced in the late 1930s, but first broadcast in 1940, entitled The Adventures of Marco Polo. We actually have two more episodes here that we can play for her. Episodes 37, where the Khan is held captive, and episode 38, where a marriage is proposed. The Adventures of Marco Polo is actually a 52-episode series which was created by Mr. George Edwards, the same very talented gentleman who made successful multi-episode literary adaptations like Frankenstein, The Corsican Brothers, and the series already aired on Heirloom Radio, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. George Edwards was referred to as the man with a thousand voices because he often played several characters in a single episode, and The Adventures of Marco Polo is a radio adaptation by Maurice Francis from the original book. Heard in this series is Nell Sterling, who is Edwards' actress wife, Tom Farley, Warren Barry, and Eric Scott. Now, Edwards actually plays Marco Polo and Kublai Khan, plays two characters in this particular series. Listeners were attracted to the series because of the high-energy narrative style that allowed the story to highlight action more than talk or dialogue. The series also featured a unique musical score mixing familiar classical pieces with original scores. The syndicated series was very popular in Australia, and that popularity extended to overseas markets as well, when the recordings were distributed on 16-inch transcription discs. Each episode is about 14 minutes in length, 
So uh, here on Heirloom Radio, we're going to combine two episodes on one track. So when we finish with the series, there will be about 26 tracks, with two episodes each, or 52 episodes in total. Without further ado, I want to thank uh, Eileen Dover from Bluffton, South Carolina, for requesting uh, the next two episodes of The Adventures of Marco Polo. And uh, we're going to start that up for you right now. We got rid of that. Did we get rid of that guy, or is he just going? He's just gone home. Okay, he'll be back. All right, well, anyway, my name is John Lovering. This is Heirloom Radio. Thank you very much for listening. And as I said, we're going to play back-to-back episodes of Marco Polo. This is episode 37, The Khan is Held Captive, and episode 38, A Marriage is Proposed. So uh, enjoy, and thanks for listening. Now present the adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo persuaded the Khan to examine the dungeons beneath the governor's palace, and they found there many pitiful prisoners. Marco Polo ordered Argon to open one dungeon which had a heavy steel door. The dungeon was opened, and inside they found the body of Akampal. Then Argon confessed to his crimes, but he defied the Khan, and he ordered his Nubian guards to lock Marco Polo and the Khan in the dungeon. Meanwhile, Niccolo Polo and Maffeo had sent Benno with a message to the leader of the Khan's army. But while they were waiting for him to return, Argon entered the room. He ordered that they be seized and dragged to the dungeons. Then he told them that Benno was already imprisoned in a dungeon. Maffeo and Niccolo Polo were placed in a dungeon, but they saw no sign of Benno. A little while later, Argon entered the cell. I suppose you are surprised that you have not seen Benno, my friends. We are not your friends. In fact, we dislike you intensely. You may regard us as your enemies. I do regard you as my enemies, but I have decided to let you live. Tell us of the Khan and my son Marco. Has any harm come to them? Not yet, but Benno will see that they die. Benno would not harm Marco Polo. (laughs) I have a pretty little scheme. I intend to send Benno to the cell where Marco Polo and the Khan are imprisoned. Benno will carry a water bottle. I am quite sure that the Khan and Marco Polo will be thirsty. When Benno offers them water, they will drink it. Will the water be poisoned? It will, but Benno will not know that. He will be told that neither Marco Polo nor the Khan will be given any food, but I will allow them to subsist on water. Doubtless, in order to keep alive, they will drink from the water bottle. Argon, you cannot do this. Release us now and I promise we will intercede with the Khan not to pursue you. The Khan is a vindictive man. His vengeance will pursue me if he lives. And as for Marco Polo, it was by his spying that my plot was discovered. I desire him to die. But the poison will act swiftly. He will feel no pain. It is my misfortune that the Khan paid a visit to his province of Ziamba. 
I could have been a much wealthier man if the Khan had delayed his visit for another year. Still, I must not complain. I bid you farewell now. I, uh, I go to send Benno to the other dungeons. Then I will leave the city. Doubtless you will tell the Khan's soldiers what has happened. I trust the people of Ziamba will give their beloved Khan a great and mighty funeral. I regret that I will not be able to attend. You scoundrel! I would like to choke you! Foolish old man! My Nubian guards could make an end of you in a moment. Be content that I have allowed you to live. You will be rescued before the day is out. And by that time, I will be far away. Meanwhile, Marco Polo and the Khan remained imprisoned in their dungeon. The Khan was becoming very impatient, and Marco Polo was beginning to worry. How much longer are we to be imprisoned here, Marco Polo? Is it fitting that the great Khan, the Emperor of China, the head of a mighty empire, should remain cooped up for hours in an airless dungeon? Oh, can you not cover up that body? It offends me. I am sorry, most mighty Khan. That is the body of my old friend Akambal. I wish to be released from this dungeon so that I may avenge him. Why do not my soldiers come? You told me that you had sent messages to them. My father and my uncle promised that they would send messages to the leader of your army. I know they will not fail me. You must admit that they are taking a long time. Help will come soon, I am sure of it. Well, help had better come soon. A scoundrel Argon shall be boiled in oil, daring to place me here in a dungeon. And I was fool enough to trust him, fool enough to appoint him as my governor. I am grateful to you for revealing a man's character to me, Marco Polo, but oh, I do wish we were out of this dungeon. You will soon be out of the dungeon, mighty Khan. Ah, they are unlocking the door now. Perhaps help has come at last. Oh, Benno, at last you have come. Have a care, Master Marco. The Nubian guards stand behind me. I demand that we be released at once. Oh. Why, what does this mean? Oh. They just pushed you in, Benno, and slammed the door. I am a prisoner, Marco Polo. All is lost. Tell me what has happened. Master Nicolo sent me to take a message to the leader of the Khan's army. But Argon's guards stopped me at the gates. They seized me and brought me here to the dungeon. I am told that Master Niccolo and Master Mafio are also in the dungeons. Argon has taken charge of the palace. Oh, that means that we will not be rescued. Oh, there is no hope for us. But surely Argon does not intend to harm us. He would not dare harm the Khan. I know not, Master Marco. Marco Polo, this is your fault. This is what happens to me through taking your advice. Now I am a prisoner and my life may be taken. Why do they not bring us some food? I'm hungry and thirsty. Oh, I, I have here a water bottle. The guards gave me this and told me that we would have nothing to eat, but we might subsist on water. Do they intend to starve us to death? I know not, but Argon has been too clever for us. We must find some way of escaping from this dungeon. 
Some way of sending a message to the leader of the Khan's army. Perhaps some of the Khan's officers will come to the palace to speak with the Khan. Yes, and by then it may be too late. Oh, dear, I am thirsty. Give me that water bottle, Beno. Oh, as you command, mighty Khan. You call me mighty Khan. Why, I am more helpless than the lowest man in my dominions. A prisoner in a foul dungeon. Marco Polo will find some way to get us out of here. I am trying to think now. Well, while you are thinking, I shall drink. I will leave some for you, Marco Polo. I cannot take the top off this water bottle. It is jammed. Just help me, Benno. Give it to me, mighty Khan. Let me take the top off. There. It is quite simple. Now let me drink. A moment, mighty Khan. Why, what is it now, Marco Polo? Am I to be denied the comfort of drinking water? Why, I'm parched from thirst. It has occurred to me that it is strange that Benno should be sent in here with a water bottle. Mayhap that water is poisoned. Poisoned? One of Argon's sentries gave me the water bottle. He bade me persuade the Khan to drink. I thought so. We dare not touch that water. Oh, are we all to die of thirst? Give me that water bottle, mighty Khan. But I'm thirsty. Master Marco knows best, mighty Khan. I fear that the water might be poisoned. Take the water bottle, Marco Polo. What do you intend to do? Pour the water out onto the floor so that none of us can drink however thirsty we may become. There. Oh, well, perhaps you are wise, Marco Polo. The water might have been poisoned. Oh, but this is a most uncomfortable, unpleasant dungeon. If ever I escape from here, I may have more pity for unfortunate prisoners. It is doubtful whether we will escape. Someone comes to the door now. It is our goal. Argon, I demand that you release us from here at once. You will observe, Kubla Khan, that I am accompanied by my Nubian soldiers. Did you enjoy the water which I sent to you? We did not drink the water. Marco Polo thought it was poison. So, Marco Polo, you have interfered in my plans once again. Was the water poisoned, Argon? It was. I came here expecting to find the body of Kubla Khan. I am disappointed. Now I will have to order my soldiers to kill you. Well, I am not afraid to die. I have a son who will inherit my empire, and I know that he will avenge my death. Your son will never find me. Now, I have not the time to waste. Already I am clad in armor. I am about to depart. I came first to see if you were dead. When I see the body of Kubla Khan, I shall depart. Come, slave! Stop back, you dogs! Lay not a hand on the mighty Kubla Khan, Emperor of China! Oh, have a care, Master Marco! Do not protect me with your body, Marco Polo. I am not afraid of death. Mayhap Marco Polo prefers to die first. It makes no difference. You are all to die. Why, who comes? Why, the Khan's soldiers! Come quickly! What does this mean? Who led the soldiers here? To me, my men! Seize these rebels! This way, seize the Nubian sentries and disarm them! Why, there are hundreds of the Khan's soldiers here! May heaven be praised that they came in time! Seize our Bid them release me! Let me go! Let me go! Do, do not kill him yet! Do not kill him yet! Silence! I am pleased that my soldiers have come in time. Let all the Nubian guards be seized. Take charge of this palace. Tell me, who told the soldiers of our plight? If it pleases you, Almighty Khan, I informed the soldiers of your plight and sent Marco Polo to aid my father. I had a friend amongst Argon's guards. He told me what had happened, and I went to the commander of your soldiers. Why? Who are you? I am Kayala, the daughter of Akambal. Is that my father's body that I see there? It is your father's body, and you have my pity. My father, 
My poor father. He died because he was loyal to Kubla Khan. Yes, he was loyal to Kubla Khan. But his memory shall live. Those who killed him shall suffer. Take courage. I ask that Argon be slain. Argon shall meet his just deserts. You deserve a rich reward, Kaila. You have saved the life of your Khan. You have saved my life. But what of my father and my uncle? Are they safe? We found them in one of the dungeons. They are alive and well. Oh, alive and well. I'm pleased to hear that. But it is my decree that Argon be boiled in oil. Mercy, mighty Kubla Khan, mercy! Boiled in oil, I said. You showed me no mercy, and I will show you none. And now, Tyler, what reward do you ask for saving the life of your Khan? I ask only the love of Marco Polo. Now, back to our story. We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo and Kublai Khan were imprisoned with Benno in a dank dungeon, and Benno was given a bottle of poisoned water, which Marco Polo prevented the Khan from drinking. Marco took the bottle away from Benno and poured the water onto the floor. Argon the traitor became furious when he learned of this, and he ordered his Nubian sentries to kill the Khan. Just at that moment, however, soldiers from the Khan's army arrived on the scene, so that Argon and his sentries were seized. The Khan ordered that Argon be put to death, and then he found that Kaila, the daughter of Akambal, the governor, had led his soldiers to the rescue. The Khan broke the news of Akambal's death to his daughter. Then he asked her to name her reward for saving him, and she said that all she desired was the love of Marco Polo. Meanwhile, Marco Polo was reunited with his father and his uncle. A little later in the day, the Khan held audience in the reception hall of the governor's palace.
Marco Polo, by your bravery, the treacherous dog named Argon has been sent to his death. But uh, you were rather rash. You risked my life. I'm sure that Marco did not mean to risk your life, O great and noble Khan. Mayhap I did make a mistake in taking you to the dungeons, most mighty Khan, but I wanted you to see for yourself that Argon was a treacherous dog. I did not like to make an accusation against the man without being able to prove it. You are forgiven, Marco Polo. But it seems that in this great journey which I am taking through my dominions, I am subjected to many risks. And it is not fitting that the great Khan of China should risk his life. Do you plan to return to Pekin, most noble Khan? Mayhap I will return to Pekin. I must give the matter much thought. But I desire my dominions to be inspected. And if I do not continue with the journey myself, then uh, Tar Pin Zhu, the leader of my armies, uh, my trusted general, will make the tour. Uh, Come, Tar Pin Zhu, bow low before me. I bow low before you, most great and noble Khan. And I beg you, for your own sake, to return to Peking, where you will be safe from the plottings of thieves, rogues, and intriguers where you may be spared for many years to rule over your glorious empire. Will you continue to inspect my dominions, Tarpinzu? I will, mighty God. Uh, You will take with you Marco Polo and his companions. These Venetians are men of great loyalty. They are clever men with much cunning. Do you speak against us, Tarpinzu? Not so, Marco Polo. I speak in your favor. And I say that the Khan should have one of the Venetians by his side in Peking. Let two come with me through the dominions, and one remain with the Khan. It is well, Tarpinzu. When I return to Peking, one of the Venetians will come with me, and then I will make sure that the other two will return after their journey through my dominions. Which of us is to go with you, most mighty Khan? Well, I have not yet decided. I will make my decision known within a day. But there is another matter of which I must speak. Uh, It seems that Marco Polo creates havoc in the hearts of the beautiful women of my dominions. First the Princess Zilana yielded him her heart, and then Kinsai, the daughter of Manji the robber, swore that Marco Polo was the only man she loved. And now Kaila, the daughter of my old friend Akambal, asks a reward for saving my life. She states that she loves Marco Polo. Oh, my son Marco does not seek to make these women love him, almost high. Oh, in my youth I was also a great heartbreaker, but never was I so handsome as Marco Polo. I would fain set eyes on those four wives of his who are in Venice. My son does not wish to send for his wives, Mutai. Let Marco Polo speak for himself. What would you have me say, O mighty Kublai Khan? Uh, You have looked upon Kaila, who saved your life as well as mine. She desires to wed you, and if you would please me, you would accept the maiden as one of your wives. But what will the Princess Zilana say? Did I not swear to wed her when I returned to Peking? I beg that you allow my son to wait. Oh, it is my desire that he should wed Kaila. Uh, let the maiden be brought before me now. Marco, do you desire to wed this woman? I know not what to say. <laughs> you have a roguish eye, Marco Polo. <laughs> and women uh, like a man with a roguish eye. Well, before I wed any woman, I must see the Princess Zalana. I must keep my promise to her. Kaila comes now, noble Khan. Ah, Kaila, you may rise. I have told Marco Polo that it is my desire that he should wed you, uh, just to clasp you his hand. Does Marco Polo wish to wed me, mighty Khan? Marco Polo will obey my orders. I beg that I be allowed to speak to Marco Polo alone. Uh, What say you, Marco Polo? I would have speech with Kaila. You have come to my dominions, Marco Polo, and you have conquered the hearts of many beautiful women. 
It seems that you will have a harem to rival mine in time. My son does not desire a harem, Most High. Well, it is my desire that he should wed Kaila. The audience is over. We shall go and leave the young people together here, and uh, I trust that the wedding will take place this very day. Then mayhap I will return to Pekin, and Marco Polo will go on with his journey, taking his new wife with him. Come, let us depart. Marco Polo, you do not wish to wed me? Kaila, I must have time to think. Do you hate Kaila? Oh, no, I... I do not hate you, but I promised the Princess Zelana that I would return to her in Pekin and that I would wed her. In the Khan's empire, a man is allowed more than one wife. Already you have four wives in Venice. Yes, I, I'm beginning to regret those four wives in Venice. Describe them to me. Well, one is fair. Yes. Another is dark. Yes. One has red hair. One fair, one dark, and one has red hair. And the other one? Well, uh, the other, well, she is neither dark nor fair. Am I more beautiful than your four wives in Venice, Marco Polo? Look you upon my face. You are very beautiful, Kaila. But could we not postpone our wedding? I, I must first speak with the Princess Solana. She also saved my life. And I gave her a promise that I would not wed until I returned to Pekin. You see, the Princess Solana is a very jealous woman. If you gave your promise to the Princess Solana, you must keep it, Marco Polo. But I crave that you take me in your arms. Oh, I willingly take you in my arms, Kaila. I will wait for you until the end of time. Kaila, is there not some man of your own race whom you could come to love? I should not be thinking of love. Now I am mourning for a beloved father. Go you on your journey, Marco Polo. I will be awaiting your return. And after you have wed the Princess Delana, I beg that you will wed me. Come now, let us go before the Khan and tell him that the wedding is not to take place today. Do you think the Princess Delano will approve of me? Oh, I am sure she will. And after you have married her, she will allow you to marry me? Mm, I should think so. Then I will wait until you've wed the Princess Delana. Come, I will go with you to the Khan. Marco Polo and Kaila went to the Khan's quarters, where they found the great emperor giving audience to Mafio and Niccolo Polo. Marco and Kaila bowed low before the Khan, and then he bade them rise. Uh, well, Marco Polo, is uh, your wedding to take place today? Most noble Khan, the wedding is not to take place for some time. Kaila has agreed to wait until I have wed the Princess Solana. Marco Polo gave his promise to the Princess Solana. So must he keep it. Oh, it is well. Now I shall tell you of my plans. I will be returning to Pekin on the morrow, and I will take Mafio Polo with me. I will gladly accompany you, most noble Khan. Uh, you are a clever man, Mafio Polo. I, I may need your aid and advice, sir. Are you as brave as Marco? Oh, I think I am brave. <laughs> you are no heartbreaker. I, I need not fear that the beautiful ladies of my land will lose their hearts to you, Matthew. In my youth, women have thought a lot of me, most noble Khan. <laughs> I always thought you disliked women, my uncle. Uh, you do not know everything, Marco. 
At least I've not had women trailing me around, begging me to marry them. Enough, enough, my brother Maffeo. I am glad that the Khan has honored you by desiring to take you to Pekin. Marco Polo and Niccolo Polo will proceed on their journey with my general, Ta Pinzu. I shall take Kaila to Pekin with me. There she will make the acquaintance of the Princess Silana, and there both ladies will wait until you return, Marco Polo. Then, no doubt, uh, <laughs> there will be a grand wedding. Uh, you can marry Zilana, Kinsai, and Kaila all at once. Uh, but uh, but what of my uh, my wives in Venice? Uh, always you speak of those wives in Venice. Surely they have forgotten you by now. No one could ever forget Marco Polo. Why, uh, who comes? Most noble Khan, I come before you, and I bow low. Toktai, uh, what do you hear? Why are you not in Pekin, uh, guarding my city for me? The city is well guarded, most noble and mighty Khan. I have left men whom I can trust in charge of the city. I shall return there soon. But I come before you on a matter of great importance. Uh, I see. Is uh, all well with my family and my supporters? All uh, is well, most noble Khan. Good. And I trust that all is well with you. Uh, yes, all is well with me. Uh, I will return to Pekin tomorrow with Mafio Polo, and uh, you shall accompany us, Toktai. Gladly, most noble Khan. And I give greeting to Marco Polo. I am glad to set eyes on you, Toktai. Tell me, how fares the Princess Zelana? Oh, the Princess Zelana is well. Uh, did she send any message to uh, Marco Polo? She sent me with a message to Marco Polo. Oh, well, that message can wait. Now, uh, what is your news of great importance? Most great and noble Khan, I humbly supplicate your forgiveness, and I beg the forgiveness of Marco Polo. Oh? Why my forgiveness, Toktai? Because the Princess Zilana is now my wife. We were married two weeks ago. You see by the clock on the wall, there's a dead fly. That means I gotta go. And I want to thank you for listening in to Alum Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and I hope you'll come back again. This is John Lovering saying so long for now. <laughs>